available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the podcast of Champions Post-Christmas Edition. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas. David, I am sitting Indian style my childhood bed, my parents' bedroom, because it's the only place that would be somewhat quiet. Don't know how the sound quality is going to be. Don't know how the quality of this podcast is going to be, but that's a concern every time we record the show. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it. And it's not a concern, and it's not something we're ever too worried about. Um, <laughs> what uh, uh, What's the weirdest place you've ever recorded a podcast? Uh, like driving in a car, like I think back from one of like the Pac-12 championship games with uh, Dan Weber. I was driving with him. We tried to record in the car. That's kind of a weird one. Yeah, um, I, I did it while driving. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like while actually driving and operating the motor vehicle on the way up to a bowl game um, in the Bay Area one year um, with Brandon Huffman, where we were just talking on the phone the entire way up while I was while I was operating a motor vehicle. Yeah, I'm sure it was great. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that audio <laughs> content was incredible quality. You're like, what's that? Oh, it's the radio. My air conditioning kicked in, or um, yeah, I, I had to. This is like, there's no like desk I can really sit at, except like in the living room where people are going to be. My like sisters in town with her husband and my niece and my parents, a couple dogs. So I just have to come into the bedroom, close the door. I'm sure my legs will be asleep by the time this is over. But we had to do something, you know, and uh. Thanks again to Brandon Huffman, who came on uh, last week while you were on Secret Assignment, and we had a good mm-hmm. one with that. Yes, yes, I was uh, on Top Secret Assignments, but Brandon Huffman always comes through. The He's man great. the legend. I can't wait to see. I'm going to see him at the, uh, and you should come, buddy, uh, Hawaii, the Polynesian Bowl, which I haven't covered a single high school game this year. I was just like, uh, USC wasn't really recruiting all that well. It didn't really matter as much. But now I got Hawaii. I'm never skipping that one if I can go. So I haven't I haven't covered a high school event of any kind in approximately six years. So <laughs> I, I think I think breaking my streak by by going to Hawaii for the Polynesian balls is really what the doctor ordered. You should, you should do, that's the way you break a streak. Um, we get some really good food, Brandon. Just I mean, he remembers every place. Like I, if I'm in Hawaii other time, I'll call him like, hey, what was that restaurant? That we went to, and he's like, but he's just right off the top of his head. He remembers all that stuff. So um, he remembers everything. Yeah, which is good. Well, that's why can he just rattle off the recruits? Like we uh, people love the show. Last week, uh, I was listening to the um, No Truck Stops one, and they were talking about it. They're like, they recommended it. Like, yeah, Brandon really knows his stuff. And he's like, yeah, Ryan really loves college football. I'm like, David, I'm not sure he loves any like college football at all, but he does the show anyway. So it was something <laughs> funny like that. I <laughs> uh, love it. Love it. Uh, it was good. Well, anyway, if you want to uh, get a hold of us, um, you can email us, pac 12 podcast at gmail.com. Call or text us at 
532-0678. You can tweet us at Pactable Podcast. Go to the website, PactablePodcast.com, where all the uh, content's up there. And then over on Reddit, uh, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. And of course, if you have the Apple Podcasting app, you can follow us there, the Podcast of Champions, and rate us with five stars. We love it. Say anything about us. As long as it has five stars, we will read it. That's true. And nobody has done that in quite a long time, proving that our listeners are smart and savvy. And uh, that now that we are no longer offering gift cards, uh, they are unwilling to uh, dole out uh, compliments to us. However, that will return <laughs> us to our uh, previous plan, which is where I berate you and beg at the top <laughs> of the show. So please write some five-star reviews, suckers. I don't care if you have to create 15 different screen names. Just do it. Okay? Write yeah. whatever content you want in there, but it's got to be five stars. We've had some really interesting ones, and it was cool to have uh, the, the giveaways. Uh, but it just seems like, the in general, we're getting fewer questions once the season ended. So I think people kind of like took a step back and realized, holy cow, this conference is not very good. Um, so they might be taking a little break for the holidays, which, I, you know, it's hard to blame them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we had one, and I didn't even mention this with Brandon, because it was sort of like, Looking at the uh, Pac-12 recruiting as far as the early signing period goes, um, only one Pac-12 program was in the top 25 or 24/7 sports team ranking. So that's uh, that's uh, and it was Stanford, which, as we all know, Stanford is butt. So that that's uh, that was a little concerning. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, the recruiting situation in this league. I mean, is did Arizona finish number two? Is that what happened? Uh, I haven't looked lately, but I think they did because they, yeah. And they picked up. I mean, up, that's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, but if Arizona's finishing number two, earmuffs, Wildcats fans, something went horribly wrong. <laughs> like, I, I love Tucson. I love Arizona. I think it's a great school. You know what? Jed Fish, doing well there. They have had, like, I think, can you rattle off the wins for them in the last, I don't know, two and a half years? There, there was that one. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, right, right. Um, yeah, no, Arizona did finish number two. And how far did they get? Oh, they're, they're top 25. They got the 23. So two top 25 programs now uh, for the Pac-12. Arizona is one of them. So four wins combined of those two programs this season. That's crazy. A little nutty. Um, yeah. But uh, we the transfer, about- the transfer portal has really made this less fun, too. Because, and like, look, I'm all about like, um, you know, players being able to move and everything, but it's impacted now my enjoyment of the sport. So I'm against it now. Players <laughs> shouldn't be able to have freedom. No, just lock them in. And and you know what? You actually have to sit out three years if you attempt to transfer. Because this isn't fun. It's not as fun. I love that. Um, the 24-7 Sports does have the uh, the updated rankings, too, where you can include transfers. So I think the rankings right now don't mean as much. There's more, I think, players in the West probably that have waited. Um, there's some players that haven't announced with some of the All-Star games, but there'll be more players signing in February, some bigger name players on the West Coast. And then, of course, you know, there's some programs that have hit the transfer portal hard. It'll be interesting to see the overall rankings, just basically how you've accumulated talent, not just through high schools, but also through the portal. So you know, if it's a team like Oregon State that was getting more transfers in or Utah, um, that'll give a boost, you know, to the rankings. So I think when we look at February, hopefully the Pac-12 has done better when you include transfers as well, plus the, uh, the you know, the normal signing period. Yeah. 
We'll um, see. But yeah, Stanford and Arizona being the top of the recruiting is pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, pretty wild. Yeah. So we don't have sound effects and stuff today. Uh, so apologize for all that. We have to preview the remaining uh, five bowl games. We Brandon and I got to preview the Oregon State game where the the one the one Pac-12 program that was a significant favorite and uh, did not win. I guess we had to recap that game too, um, which I didn't get to watch. Yeah, I get the highlights afterwards because of the uh, the YouTube TV thing. Like they took away ESPN for a couple of days, and I, I ended up missing that game back on the on the 18th. But we'll 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 uh, recap that a little bit, um, preview um, the uh, remaining five games. A lot of games are potentially in jeopardy. We've uh, just before we recorded this, two more bowl games were uh, canceled. The Hawaii Bowl featuring Hawaii. That was the weirdest one. It's like, it's Hawaii. You're in, you're here. Like you're the, that's the easiest place to get to for you. And you had to cancel the game. So that's a little concerning with some of these bowl games, Dave. Yeah. I, I, I think we should take bets on exactly how many of the bowl games we eventually preview on this show will actually be played. Um, I, I don't think definitely not all of them for extra definitely points. For extra yeah. Points. Yeah. Yeah. I think that should be, um, yeah, let's add that to the uh, to the scoreboard for this week. <laughs> I like it. Um, okay, so some quick news. I, I mean, I apologize. I didn't write down a ton of stuff, but uh, some some uh, roster news for Utah. Uh, so both tight ends, uh, Dalton Kincaid and Brent Keithy, Brent Keithy are going to return. So that's good news uh, for the Utes. But Britton Covey, he's going to forgo his final three seasons of eligibility <laughs> and go pro. So the funniest that. part is it is two more full seasons of eligibility. He has, right? I think it is. I think it he? is. <laughs> he was like, he's been in school. He's been in school since I think Josh Rosen's freshman year at UCLA. Yeah. It's like 2015. Yeah. Um, but you're like, yeah, there's stuff that's like, oh yeah. Kyler Murray was like a sophomore in high school when he got to college or whatever, you know, stuff like that is pretty funny. Uh, uh, so good. His his announcement that he was foregoing it was actually pretty funny. He referenced that basically. You're like, and I know what you're thinking. This guy still had eligibility, and it's true. I did. <laughs> he was on. I think he was on the Audible. It was pretty funny to kind of listen to him. Seems like a you know bright kid, and you know was be, was able to make jokes about that too. Like you know he's the old man in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, wish him well. And uh, yeah, we'll see what he goes on. The uh, there's been some any transfers stick out to you? I know Bo Nix coming to Oregon. That's a that's a pretty big one. Um, Gabriel to uh, UCLA, the the UCF yes. quarterback, right? Um, there were some others too that I, I can't like off the top of my head. Or any others you remember? But Bo Nix, that's a big one. It's a pretty big name. Uh, Auburn legacy going to Oregon. Yeah, that was a big one. Um... The Dylan Gabriel one is uh, big also for what it signals probably about Dorian Thompson Robinson um, going to uh, the NFL draft more than likely. Um, I don't know if anyone else really stuck out too much for me. I mean, the Jay Kaner like flip flopping from going into the transfer portal and then going back to Fresno State was uh, you know, maybe a small blow to uh, to Washington. Um, but other than that, no, not a whole okay. lot. Um. Cool. And then I just want to let everyone know about uh, my bookie. I'm pretty bummed, David, because I've been betting all the games that I that I picked and I got the 
the you know Utah State beating Oregon State, right? And I forgot to put my bet into my bookie. So, uh, but right now during the holiday season, you got the twelve days of Christmas. They have twelve straight days uh, of giveaways over at my bookie. So uh, every day it started December twenty first. So hopefully you've been checking your account, but all the way through January first, um, there's a new giveaway every day. Sometimes it's an odd boost. It could be extra casino chips, uh, locks. Um, so the 12 bit days of, of giveaways is a can't miss promotion. I just did one today. So they had the, you can tease the, uh, over underline on the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs Pittsburgh Steelers game. So the over, I think it's normally 45 and they bump it down to like 42. So, um, you get a little bit, few extra points on the over. So there's things like that every day over my bookie. And of course, you still can get, your first time deposit matched up to $1,000 if you use the promo code PAC12. So double your funds, double your winnings, and get in all the best action over at my bookie. Don't miss out doubling your first deposit up to $1,000 with PAC12 as the promo code. So go to my bookie, place your bets, and get in on the best 12 days of the year. Today, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So that was a that- be- beautiful read. Thanks. Thanks to my book. Yeah, I did put the I'm so bummed I forgot to put my bed in for the, the bowl game. But uh, I've done well on the count of, you know, more than doubled it in the last month or so since we since I started doing it. So cool stuff. And thanks again to my bookie. Um, I guess we got a recap. Which I can't bar- barely remember what I watched. Uh, the Oregon State, Utah State game, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Uh, the Beavs were favored by seven and a half. Both you and Brandon took Oregon State. Even though you weren't on the show, you sent me a text like, Oregon State, Oregon State. I don't remember doing that. Yeah, uh, I have proof. And then I took uh, I took Utah State, took the Aggies. Um, You've come yeah. full circle on the Aggies. They were crazy. I remember you in the preseason telling me how awful they would be, how they're terrible. They're going to be the worst team. Oh, my God, they're awful. They went 11-3, and three, homie. They won, the, they won the Mountain West. They... Uh, they were one of the, I think they won one game or something the previous year. Um, but amazing turnaround job there. I think they got like 40 transfers in. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Obviously it worked. Um, they got the big win early on against Washington state. That looked pretty bad, but it doesn't look as bad now that the team won 11 games. But I was just saying Oregon state just hasn't been great away from Corvallis. Um, this was, uh, yeah, but at Brandon's point was, uh, I'm sure you listen to the show, so you know that the one time they did play well on the road was in the Coliseum in Los Angeles. So he thought that they could play well again in Los Angeles. Uh, that wasn't the case after with well, they I think they took an early seven, nothing lead and it sort of just went downhill from there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a weird game. I mean, I think, um, Oregon state had a lot of field position issues. It seemed like they were starting deep every single drive. Um, and then they were just, you know, they looked like a team that had been, you know, uh, not playing for a while. Um, just a lot of like kind of just basic execution errors. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they actually moved the ball okay. Um, it was just uh, they couldn't complete drives, um, turned it over on downs once, fumbled it after a long drive another time, missed a field goal. Um, it should have been a closer game than it was. Um, you know, uh, Utah State ended up winning 24-13, but honestly the the basic stats were pretty even in fact Oregon State had more yards uh they just couldn't finish drives um so you know I I think there's a for Oregon State fans maybe a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth after the way the season ended but I think if you look at it 
on balance the entire season. I don't think many people were expecting Oregon State to be a bowl team this year um, and to be thought of in the way they were for much of the season, which is probably one of the top four or five teams in the league. Um, so I, I think there's a lot for Jonathan Smith to build on from this season. Um, but I think it's, you know, taken as a whole, I think it was largely a successful season. Yeah. Um, this was a weird one, too. Uh, I think B.J. Baylor, I, I, forget, I don't forget, he didn't have a, as many carries as I would like to have him have. And uh, it seemed just like when they throw the ball more than they run it, their uh, Oregon State runs into problems. Maybe you get a little stubborn in, in aspects like that. Um, but Utah State's just been really impressive uh, when they, you know, they, they won in Carson uh, a couple weeks ago when they beat um, San Diego State for the Mountain West Championship. And uh, our, our friend Bruce Feldman did that game. And I was talking to Bruce about it. He's like, yeah, Utah State just looks so much better. They've, you know, San Diego State was crushed by COVID concerns. So that was one thing. But didn't seem like there was a lot of that in this game. They just came out. They're just like a well-coached team. And they 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 beat the they beat the Beavs. It looked like Oregon State early on could have, you know, things could have went their way. Um, but like you said, you know, field position here. Just not, you know, not finishing a drive there. And and Utah State's just one of those like consistent teams that if you make a little mistake, they're able to take advantage of it. So this is a this is a tough one because like I said, this is the most significant favorite of any of the Pac-12 teams. And uh yeah, losing the to Utah State's it's not a good start, I guess, for the Pac-12 for the bowl season. Yeah, no, not a good start at all. Um, let's see. Okay, so that was the only bowl game, and I got that one right. So I think I'm two behind you now in our picks or something. I have to go back and look. but um, So we'll see what we, we got picks coming up for these other games. So let's preview uh, the rest of the Pac-12 games. There's five left, potentially. <laughs> it might not all happen. Uh, first up, coming up in a couple of days here, we got the Holiday Bowl. Uh, UCLA is taking on North Carolina State. Hang on. Should we do sound effects? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, the uh, UCLA Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, and the, oh, you want to try a Wolfpack? North yeah, Carolina. yeah, yeah. Come on. North Carolina State Wolfpack. <laughs> Anything? Uh, sure. It doesn't seem like a pack, more like a lone wolf, but okay. Well, it's kind of hard to do a pack. We'd have to both do it together. All right, ready? <laughs> yeah. NC State Wolfpack. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, this one's on at 5 p.m. on Big Fox on Tuesday, December 28th, UCLA, NC State. NC State's a ranked football team. I know it's a rarity that we're talking about a ranked football team in this here Pac-12 league, but that's what UCLA was dealt here. Uh, this is taking place in Petco Park in San Diego. Uh, the line is currently NC State minus two. Let me tell you, NC State has a really damn good defense. Really, really good. UCLA's offense is also really good. That's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, if UCLA has any hope in hell of winning this game, they've got to win that matchup decisively. Because on the other side, NC State's offense isn't generally good. But the one thing they do have is a very, very, very good uh, quarterback and passing attack. Uh, UCLA's pass defense, as we've talked about on this show previously, is asshole. It is butt. It is hard-nosed ass. And, uh, frankly, uh, I don't think this is going to be close. Give me NC State minus two. Wow. Okay. Um, and is, there was a, 
I think one of the DBs for UCLA is out as well. Is that true? One of the DBs? Uh, oh, one of the defensive players, I thought. Antonio Maffi, who's an offensive lineman, is out. Um, there's a variety of guys who are uh, going to be out. Oh, USC safety, uh, Knight. Yeah, Quantra's Knight. Quantra's Knight. I don't think of him as a DB. I think of him as kind of like a second, like second, like level linebacker almost because of okay. how much rush the passer. But yes, he'll be out as well. Okay. Um, I don't know. This is on the West Coast. UCLA is on the West Coast. Uh, I need to catch up a little bit. Looking at some of the advanced stats, you know, I think there's some positivity toward you know pointing UCLA's way. Uh, I think the motivation is going to be there. Now well, I know there's some some COVID concerns and stuff, but I'm going to take the Bruins and uh, give me those two points. Oh yeah, love it. Great. Done, done pretty good picking the Bruins. They've, they've done. I think they've done a little better against the spread uh, this season against than uh, NC State. You know, I, I'll give me the two points and I'll take UCLA. It's that it's that depth of analysis that people really love from you. Yeah. Well, I need to go opposite you. So. Yeah. Um, and I'd written down UCLA to start, uh, even though there's some concerns um, for sure, and you, you pointed those out. You know. Uh, adeptly, but I will say I'm going to go UCLA. Pick them. Beautiful. Uh, all right. Next up, we have the Alamo Bowl. This one is featuring uh, the Oregon Ducks. Quack, 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 quack. And uh, they'll be taking on Oklahoma Sooners. I guess we're here early. We're going to take some land. <laughs> That's a good one. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is taking place on Wednesday, December 29th at 6.15 p.m. I love when it gets to bowl season and we get these weird kickoff times suddenly, but 6.15 on ESPN, number 14, Oregon, taking on number 16, Oklahoma, in the Alamo Bowl, San Antonio, Texas. This will be effectively an Oklahoma home game. Um, weird game. Uh, Oklahoma, obviously, without Lincoln Riley. Oregon, obviously, without Mario Cristobal. Pair of 10-win teams, neither of which will have their coach for this game. Uh, it's going to be Bob Stoops versus, what, the Oregon wide receivers coach? Yeah, I think that so. Was? Something like that. Uh, Oklahoma is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, if you look at Oklahoma's year, uh, it's been, I would say, uh, a slow start um, and then lost a couple late to very, very good teams. Um, but the offense was starting to do gangbusters. Towards the end of the year, or towards the middle part of the year, um, I'm going to say Stoops. He has it in him, and he uh, he goes he goes he goes and covers this four and a half here. You go, you're going to go with Oklahoma, okay? I'm going with Oklahoma, and I call uh, him Stoopsy. I'm going. To, I like the Stoopsy thing. Um, I'm going to as well. I've been uh, anytime I post anything that USC hired Oklahoma's head coach, former head coach. Um, there's a lot of Oklahoma fans, a lot of Sooner fans. In my mentions, um, it's like a breakup that happened and they are not happy about it. And uh, it's one of those things where it's just like, whoa, this is probably something you should probably get over. It doesn't look good for you to be complaining about the guy, especially when you hire a really good head coach and Brett Venables, like someone that he hasn't been a head coach, but he's been one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. That's a big time hire. A lot of programs were trying to hire him before. Uh, I don't think it's paying him enough respect when you're still uh pining about your your former head coach but we're getting that every time we do a live show podcast a lot of oklahoma fans in there they're upset i feel like because of that and you got bob stoops back oklahoma's going to be 
fired up. I think the motivation factor is going to be on Oklahoma side. I think the home field advantage is going to be on Oklahoma side. Um, I personally saw what Oregon's offense did against a decent team in Las Vegas, and that was not pretty uh, in the championship game. So for all those reasons, I'm going to agree with you and take Oklahoma as well. I just uh, I, I don't think Oregon's going to go on the road and um, and pull this off. No, definitely not. Yeah. My sister's dog just I, I put the, the door in the, the bedroom does not close all the way. So I put like my backpack up against it to kind of keep it closed. And my sister's big dog just stuck his nose in and uh, and and, and <laughs> opened it up. So nice. That's great. And my niece just closed the door. So that was nice of her. Oh, that's very sweet. Well, like, you know, behind the scenes, what's going on? here? I love it. Every bit of it. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're both going to be on the Sooners. Uh, the Las Vegas Bowl. Boom. Love it. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin Badgers. Badger, 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 badger. You're waiting for that one. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Thursday, December 30th, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN, Wisconsin. Taking on ASU in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, it's the Las Vegas Bowl. The SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, Wisconsin's favored by six. Mm. Um, I have no friggin' idea about this game. Like, none. I got nothing. I'm looking at Wisconsin. Uh, they lost one game in the last eight. But they are in the Big Ten. And I think even though the Big Ten is always highly rated, it's always, like, kind of weird. They play a, you know, Wisconsin in particular plays a very historically Big Ten style of football. Uh, It's boring. It's crappy. Um, Generally, I find that, like, Pac-12 teams line up pretty well against it. Now, that's not a depth of analysis. It's not very good. I'm taking ASU, though. Uh, I like that because I am taking Wisconsin for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Because well, the thing is, uh, I've seen Arizona State play. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. Me too. Me too. That's why I'm going to take Wisconsin. No, yeah. No, ASU, um, not hasn't been good. No. Wisconsin started off the season horribly and got better. Arizona State started off the season okay, I guess, and then has been pretty bad. Okay, since no, they've been okay. So you're you're basing a lot on on what happened with Utah and Washington State, but then they beat the piss out of USC. They beat True. Washington on the road, lost to Oregon State on the road, but who doesn't? And then they beat Arizona by twenty three. Like they're they're fine. They failed to cover. Um, they're fine. I just feel like this is going to be one of those things where Wisconsin will be into this. ASU has just had some weird stuff going on. Um, been waiting for that shoe to drop the, the entire time. The recruiting was pretty awful. I just don't feel like this team is like finishing the season on a high note. So I feel like Wisconsin will. They'll be able to take advantage of all that stuff. Uh, and ASU is not going to win this game. I think they lose by like 14. Wow. Boy, howdy. Yeah. So right. uh, not too optimistic on uh, the Sun Devils here. Okay. I still believe in you, ASU. All right. Here's another game. Some weird COVID concerns going on. The Sun Bowl featuring Washington State Cougars. Meow. It was sort of a mix between the meow and the 
the growl. Yeah, I don't I, I don't feel good about it, but I'm going with it. Yeah, uh, I've used the growl mostly because Washington State's been doing positive things. Uh, and the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> mm. You like that? Sure, I, I, that'll go with it. Yeah, I like it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, this is on New Year's Eve at 9 a.m. I love the Sun Bowl. It's always on early on CBS. Washington State, 7-5, and five, taking on Miami, 7-5 and five in El Paso. Uh, it's the Sun Bowl. The line is even. Once again, we're looking at uh, Miami. No Ma- Manny Diaz. Mario Cristobal coming over, but he's not going to be coaching this game because they never coach this game. No. Um, and then for Washington State, uh, obviously, uh, Jake Dickert. That's his name. I won't forget it. Um, is uh, <laughs> is now the full time head coach, not just the interim. So exciting times. Uh, I know nothing about Miami. Absolutely nothing. I know that they were disappointing this year, but I also know that like there were a lot of sports writery folk who were like they're finishing the year pretty strong, and look, they did. They won five of their last six. Uh, they blew out Duke. They beat Pitt. They beat NC State. Uh, so this is a team that was kind of rounding into form at the end of the year. Washington state, meanwhile, is, uh, also a team that kind of rounded into form at the end of the year, um, under Dickert. Um, maybe Miami gets a slight advantage from Cristobal, like maybe helping out the interim staff. Oh, right? that's a good, what that's analysis. You like hashtag, that? Hashtag analysis. Well, Oregon did beat this team. Hmm. Just saying. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not saying, but I am in fact saying, um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Washington state. Cause when you don't know, you go with the Cougs. Can, can I give you a little, um, info? Maybe I'm not saying it will change your mind, but potentially. Sure. Um, running back, Max Borgie. Uh-huh. Right. Tackle Abraham Lucas. Uh-huh. Abraham Lucas. Did I say my name incorrectly? I just did that. Yes, you really did. Abraham Lucas and uh, Jalen Watson, uh, the stud cornerback. They are all going to skip the bowl game and prepare yeah. for the NFL draft. Uh, okay. Left left tackle Liam Ryan is also working through an injury, and he might not be available for the game. Does that change your mind at all? Yeah, I'm even more firmly with Washington State now. Okay. Uh, Miami. When the, Cougs, when the Cougs are backed up against the wall, that's when the Cougs fight hardest. Okay. I was going to go with Washington State, but I'm going to take Miami because of those late concerns. I love me some Max Borgie. Um, potentially having both tackles out in this one. Like you said, Miami's played a lot better uh, later in the season. So it's a pick em game. Uh, I figure we should have pick em picks. So you go Washington State, I'll go Miami. Great. Love it. And then uh, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, we're featuring for the very first time in their history of existence, the Utah Utes. <laughs> and they're going to take on the Ohio State, probably like 20th time in the Rose Bowl, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Just cracking some nuts over here. <laughs> Just, you know, Next. you hear it? I heard the nut. All right. Um, this is Saturday, January 1st, 2022. 2022. Wait, why are we previewing this? It's, it's next year. Why are we previewing? I this? don't understand. I do not understand time. How, yeah. how, how did this happen? 
who's responsible for it being 2022? Uh, yeah. Can we speak to to the manager of uh, of of the timeline? <laughs> um, what was the there was the thing like uh, I forget what year is it? Something like 1980 or 1985. Like if you think about oh what you know 1985, which you were born around then, right? Like right. That um, was that was 20 years ago. No, it was not. Uh, and and we are actually closer uh, to that year or 1980. I forget which year it was. Then like World War II is to 1980 or 1985. Like how insane is that? Well, the the best one is like what, what, when's the Wonder Years set? Oh, it was in the 50s or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That show was like in the 80s, so it would be like if we had a show about the 90s right now that was like all like hooded in nostalgia and stuff. It's the really not years. good. We don't Correct. like it. Nobody likes this. No. Time stop. No more. <laughs> We've had enough. Um, all right. This is on at 2 p.m. on ESPN. Number 11, Utah. Number 6, Ohio State in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Uh, Ryan may go to this game and then not remember immediately afterwards that he went. Um, Ohio State is favored by six and a half points. Six and a half tasty, tasty points in this game. Uh, Utah's damn good. Uh, Ohio State, let's let's remember about Ohio State. They lost to Michigan by 15. You know what the most Michigan-ass football team is in the Pac-12? That'd be Utah? That'd be Utah. Them, them Utes. Um, and let's not forget... What was the other team that uh, gave gave Ohio State what for earlier this year? That would be the the Oregon Ducks. And what did Utah do to the Oregon Ducks that most a, recently? That came down like a field goal, right, or something. I don't remember. So I know they there. played them. They played them in almost consecutive weeks. It was one game in between, uh, and beat them by a combined uh, fifty nine points. Yeah. So I guess my point here is that I'm taking Utah to cover the six and a half, of course, but I'm also taking them to win this football game. Ooh, outright. Outright win. Okay. No question about it. Stone cold lock. Uh, Ohio State also returned a bunch of unsold tickets, which I'm sure the Utes will gobble up. Um, like your so goblet. Uh, side note, I went to Disneyland on Thursday, Thursday uh-huh. this week. Right. We're talking December 23rd. Do You know how many Utah fan I saw already just like at Disneyland? Literally. What is that? Nine days before this football game. They're all yeah. in. they're spending they're spending they're, they're settling in. They are turning this not only into a home game, but like a home city. Yeah. Um, hmm. Because I would like to pick. Utah Utes, but to give myself a chance at beating you in the final week of the season, I think I gotta go Ohio State. So I'm gonna go the blue blood that's been there before that is gonna be licking its wounds from a near playoff appearance after losing to Michigan. The Michigan team that's going to the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. probably gonna get smoked by an SEC team, but that's fine. Um, Utah, like, you can't be in L.A. nine days early. You just can't. Like, that's a lot. Like, that's way, way early. I think you're going to be burnt out. I, I, I bet you the people from Utah drink a lot, you know, so they're going to come here, get drunk. <laughs> By the time the game happens, 
uh, New Year's Eve. Oh my God, the the partying. They're gonna be so hungover. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna go with the Buckeyes on this one. Damn. Damn. Yeah. All right. Uh, and our final pick, uh, there are five remaining bowl games. One, two, three, four, five. How many of these get canceled? Okay. So will this be worth like a point? I think this is worth a point. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have to get it exactly? Uh, should we do over-unders? But then we're setting an unofficial over-under. Yeah. Should we just guess exactly? I'll guess exactly. I'm going to say two. Okay. Dave will go two gets canceled. Uh, all right, I'll go one. So no point if we're wrong. Like if if it's three or zero or five or whatever, we won't get a point. Okay. No, like closest. Beautiful. Um, do you want to do a, a secondary pick? What do you mean by a secondary pick? Like you picked two, I picked one. And then, ah, that's okay. Let's just do that. We'll just do two yeah. and one. We'll see. There we go. Okay. For, for an extra point, uh, in our, or in our standing. So, um, very nice. Okay. Uh, all right. So why don't we take a quick break, even though I don't have any, um, sound effects or anything, but let's take a quick break and we'll come back. Oh, crap. I just clicked on the wrong thing. Um, yeah, we'll come back in a minute and answer some questions. You want to do a sound effect, sound effect for that? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, we're back here on the podcast of champions. It's bowl week, bowl month, bowl whatever. Uh, hopefully we get to get all these bowl games in. Um, we did all those, but David, we got to go to some questions now. Let's do it. Yeah, we we got a few, so it won't take too long. All right, let's get into it. Looking at our first question, it is from uh, John in Brea. Change. Hi, Ryan and Dave. Happy holidays to you both. I have a question about the Pac-12 2022 schedule. Are you disappointed that George Klyavkov did not make any changes to anything this year? Is he still in listening mode? That's what all super high-paid executive types do to get a free pass for the first year they're in a new position. It's what I do. It's important to listen. But another classic business cliche applies here. No change, no change. Are we all going to mind-will a Pac-12 team into the playoff? Heck, forget the playoff. Please just do something to make more things more interesting. And if it doesn't work, do something else. 
How about new divisions? No divisions. An eight-game conference schedule. A six-game conference regular season to seed a four-week November conference tournament. Do something different, please. The Pac-12 is so irrelevant nationally, it is in a perfect position to do something so interesting and groundbreaking that it will change the entire sport forever. Oh, wait, I forgot. It's USC's fault because of the Notre Dame series. Never mind. John and Bray. Hey, John. Yeah, so like USC and Stanford are still playing in week two. So um, because those teams both play Notre Dame. So not a whole lot of changes there. I would feel like, you know, they didn't, they're not putting anything in the way of like an Oregon or a Utah or USC or whatever, as far as like, you know, back-to-back road games with a Friday game and all that kind of stuff. So they fixed some of those aspects of it, but those were fixed uh, this year. Um, The no change, no change thing is, I think it's pretty uh, accurate. I think a lot of it has to do though with the Alliance and working with um, the big 10 and the ACC. If the big 10 goes to eight, um, the PAC 12 can go to eight. It seems like that's the direction that they're going. That would be the big one. Uh, how they would schedule the out-of-conference games. He's talked a lot about changing the schedule and really questioned why you need to schedule out-of-conference games more than a decade in advance. Um, But you're right, John. They had not really pulled the trigger and done anything different for this uh, upcoming season. So I think with the pending changes to the playoff rules, it's sort of like, you want to make some changes, but if you make a change this year, you might have to change it again the next year because everything else changes. Um, so I feel like they're a little bit of wait and see mode. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, I mean, to be fair to him, I think uh, the alliance is a big change. Um, I do think uh, he, <clears throat> he's been, um, you know, prominent in his discussions about all of this. Uh, I don't think making just like very quick changes right now, aside from like little tweaks of the schedule here and there. Um, I don't know if it would really serve anyone at this point, because you might just be changing it again very quickly after that. Um, I don't think the schedule is that. I don't know. I I think it's kind of a a misnomer that it's a huge problem. I I know I've been uh, kind of banging this drum the whole time, but uh, the the problem is that the teams haven't been good enough. And, um, you know, I think right now George might be saying to himself, well, USC just hired Lincoln Riley. Um, you know, Oregon and Washington have both changed coaches. Washington seems to have uh, changed its situation for the better in a very quick way um, after it was obvious that Jimmy Lake wasn't working out. Um, Oregon just hired an SEC coach you know, highly thought of defensive coordinator as their head coach. So maybe these teams can just make it work because I I think going too outlandish, you make yourself into a cartoon league like, oh, we're going to do a conference regular season tournament in November. I mean, I know you're just throwing out ideas, but like if you start doing stuff like that, then I don't think that makes the league look more serious. I think it makes it look more like a joke. Um, The the Pac-12 was bad this year, but this was the first year it was really really, really bad. Um, the other years, it was fine. Um, and I think it kind of gets lost in the, oh, there wasn't a playoff team, but the, the league was fine. Um, and maybe he's thinking, okay, well, this is cyclical and it's going to change here, you know, in the next couple of years. Meanwhile, we've got these other things brewing, you know, we're going to have this Alliance thing where we're going to be building in another power five non-conference opponent for every team, you know, maybe every year. 
uh, and then we can start to explore going down to eight because our strength of schedules will all remain pretty high. Um, I don't know. I think I think going to an eight game right now would actually put a lot of pressure on the teams to uh, suddenly find new opponents um, for non-conference. I just don't think it works. Yeah, I think I think changes are coming, John, but it is sort of like it's better to do it with a, a partner or partners in this case. And I think they will. But there's just so much that's sort of like kind of up in the air. Um, I don't have an issue with the, the kind of speed that this is going, but it could set up another, um, you know, Pac-12 season of irrelevancy. But you need to win those early out-of-conference games. I, you know, I, I haven't looked and see, you know, what the, the big ones are earlier in the season. But, you know, it was a good start when Oregon beats Ohio State and UCLA beats LSU. And then you kind of figure out, like, okay, well, what does this really mean? You know, the, the Ohio State win lasted a while and it was the reason the Pac-12 was in contention for the playoff um even after Oregon lost to Stanford but uh Utah squashed that <laughs> squashed that so there wasn't any more concern there um you know for a team like Utah if they can you know they, they bring some guys back if they can continue their run and, and they beat teams like BYU early in the season um you know if they win the Rose Bowl and they can kind of build off of that uh, it gives them credibility, but we, we need a team from the Pac-12 to have credibility to start the season and continue it on throughout the season. And that's just not been the case. It's either Oregon has it to begin with and then doesn't have it at the end. Utah doesn't have it in the beginning, but then builds it by the end. But by that time, they're they're out of the playoff picture. Right. We had a question uh, for the pod, Q for the pod from Taco Express, which I mean, is there a better name than that? Like if you had to like pick the best name. Is Taco Express up there? It's got to be up there. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, it's, quick, it's a simple question, too. What is the next big initiative George Klyovkov needs to do for the conference? I think he needs to set up um, a Survivor-type show or maybe a Hunger Games-type show where you take all the refereeing crews and you throw them there. And then they have to literally fight to the death. And then whoever emerges is the only ref from this current set that can continue to be a referee. I like it. Um, that would be fun. Maybe not as productive as we would like. Uh, I would like to see the referee aspect um, addressed. And I would, it, it, the situation. It, I'm, I'm talking about that. I think that's exactly how you do it. You do a <laughs> Hunger Games style uh, battle royale where one emerges alive and the rest, you know, perish. The problem is what if the, the worst referees are actually the best fighters? Then we does still that have... seem does that seem likely? Yes. You think Mike Mothershed is emerging from that? I he could. <laughs> I don't know. He might be very proficient with the bow and arrow. Who knows? Who knows? Um, with that eyesight, I can't imagine. That's, that's a very good point. <laughs> um, I, I the the concern I have is when we when George Klafkoff came in, I felt like he was aware of a lot of the issues. And was learned, but doing the listening tour and learning more about other issues. And if you brought something up to him and he was very, you know, he was approachable, he addressed the media many, many times, did a lot of interviews. Uh, it seemed like, yes, this was dumb. We're not going to do that anymore. The one thing where he kind of like hesitated a little bit was on the referees. Either in the beginning, I, my genuine feeling was he wasn't exactly maybe not aware, just wasn't really sure that the referees stunk or 
was told like, look, the referees stink, but here's why it's never going to change. So don't like go all in on this one. Like he's done, you know, some of the other aspects like, no, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix that. I did. I generally felt though that he didn't um, quite know that the referees were bad. And then since then, like, and I remember at the uh, Pac-12 championship game when that was brought up, you know, he had said like, you know, we have these protocols in place to, to address egregious calls. Nothing met the protocols for their criteria for this season. So we didn't have to bring anything up, address anything. Um, I felt like there was sort of like a defense of, hey, the referees aren't as bad as you think. And that's a concern, but that might just be what he's saying outwardly. And then, you know, after a season of watching, goes back and says, okay, here's how we're going uh, to fix this stuff. If anything, David, I would say um, when the Pac-12 throws more flags than anybody, you can argue that they're real, like that there's real flags or whatever. But I would say you need to change the perception. Stop throwing flags, like not all flags, but the ones that could go either way, go the other way. Don't throw the flag. And it feels like the Pac-12 is always ready to throw the flag. Just make it so I don't care why if the Pac-12 is uh, committing more penalties than any conference, I still want the number of flags to be thrown to be middle of the road. Like, I want the ACC and the SEC to throw more flags and the Big 12 and the Big 10 to throw less. Like, I want to, I want the Pac-12 to be in the middle. You tell the referees, make it happen. If, if there's too many penalties going on, stop throwing flags. Like, whatever it is, we are not going to have the most flags of all the Power 5 leagues. I feel like that would be a, a step in the right direction, just to be like, look, we need to reset expectations. You just Everyone's used to this having the most flags of anybody. That has to change somehow. Yes, agreed. Yes, I think that's the next main thing that he needs to address in a serious way. In uh, a Hunger Games type of... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm bloodthirsty, so I'd prefer that. But Ryan's <laughs> ideas are good, too. Um, all right, here's a text message. I texted this in last week, but you thought I was exaggerating. Utah AD estimates that Utah will have 60,000 fans at the Rose Bowl. When was the last time UCLA had 60,000 in that stadium? The AD really did say this. Utah fans were literally buying up Ohio State's allotment through their site because Utah started selling the tickets a couple days later. So, yeah, Utah's Utah's coming deep. And then the question is, this one is for Dave since he wasn't here last week. It is amazing the success that Chip is having at a basketball school. Any thoughts on that? Steaming mad. <laughs> so mad. Um, yeah. My 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 thought is that you didn't put your name on this, and that's good. That's all I'm saying to you. You come find him. I, I'm not I'm not saying anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Th- there's a voicemail. Do you want to suss out what it means? Uh. So the the perk one is essentially about Justin Wilcox. So we don't have the ability to play voicemails, or we could, but I'm not really going to do it. Um. Yeah. Should that you know should. Cal be better than what they are uh, in this stage. Um, he talks about inexcusable, unexplainable losses. Uh, his, his thing is, is Justin Wilcox good? Because he doesn't look good. So why do people keep talking about him like he's good? Yeah. Do you think the fans should be satisfied with that? Or the seven and five, or you think they should be a lot better? Um, he seems like people are still pretty positive about Wilcox at Cal and he doesn't understand it. So here's the thing with Cal. Um, And with Wilcox there, he's had the same year basically every year he's been there. Um, Five and seven, seven and six, eight and five, weird COVID year one and three, five and seven. 
Uh, it's been just like hovering right around 500 the entire time he's been there. Um, Jeff Tedford proved you can do better at Cal, but that might very well be the exception. Um, Cal historically is, is a pretty bad football program for a variety of weird reasons. I don't know that there's like a hard limit to how good they can be under Wilcox, but um, it certainly doesn't look like he's breaking out of this like maybe a bowl team every year rut, right? Like I'm not seeing anything that's like a sign that it's going to get a whole lot better here soon. Well, okay, so the COVID stuff was tough for the Bay Area teams, and people I think got false hope that that Stanford was able to win four games last year and you know Cal only went one and three uh started off one and five this season but you know seemed to turn things around I feel like it's one of those situations where Cal can be good but like a lot of things sort of have to line up and I think a lot of those things are out of Justin Wilcox's control um just even the support within uh the administration the program you know the, the university itself um to be seven five, I think that's pretty good. Um, you know, right now, I it's weird because we've seen sort of the same thing, but I feel like he still has the potential to make this an eight nine win team and and really be contending for Pac twelve North titles going forward. I I feel like some of the things that have derailed Cal's seasons haven't always been oh hey that's on you know Justin Wilcox or or whatever. I mean. So it's it's like it's not we're not in an era where you're going to give people a whole lot of time. But the fact that he was able to say no to Oregon, um, I feel that's a positive sign that he feels like, hey, I think things are turning around. So I would you know, I would be a little bullish on what Wilcox is going to do there uh, at Cal, um, even though, you know, it's been a while and you say like, well, it's, this is the way it's going to be. I feel like some of the circumstances, Dave, have been kind of weird that. You could give them if you're going to, you know, go with them, give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, I, I think there's some room for optimism if you're a, a fan of, of the Golden Bears. Yeah. OK. OK. Uh, that's just, you know, my thoughts on it. But like, do you feel like there's just some weird stuff that are like, OK, that's not I mean, he couldn't control any of that stuff. I mean, just um, some some programs were hurt more by COVID than others. I think Cal was one of them. Yeah, that is true. All right. Um, what do we got next? We've got one more voicemail. I think so. Yeah. All right. Um, what? This is Evan Tempe. Mm-hmm. So he thanked us for Brandon for answering his questions last week. Um, so is it about recruiting <clears throat> with David Shaw and whether that means he's no longer cooked? Uh, I think so. I haven't really scanned through it yet, so I, I'll, I'll trust your instincts on this one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think what Evan's getting at is David Shaw uh, was able to, you know, secure the top class in the Pac-12 this year. So does that mean he's not done? And I would say no, it means he's done. Uh, Stanford, you know, can have that little bounce in recruiting, and that's great. Uh, but David Shaw, I think, uh, has shown no ability to adapt. I think their, um, quote, strength and conditioning program, end quote, has gotten a lot worse <laughs> in the last, like, five or six years for uh, uh, emphasis added unknown reasons. Um, emphasis uh, taken off. Um, so I think there's there's some 
there's some other factors uh, that may be playing a role in the end of uh, David Shaw's tenure there. But, um, you know, I think all things considered, uh, I, is Stanford ever going to fire him? I, I mean, the people I've talked to that know Stanford well, I've not had any of them tell me that he's in danger of being fired anytime soon. So I, I wouldn't think. Because he, he should be. Like, he should be fired right now. Yes, uh, I would like agree. They've been on a, a a a sharp downward decline for now seven years. Like 2015 was their peak, and then 2016 was worse. 2017 was worse. 2018 was worse. 2019 was a disaster. 2020 was a dead cat bounce. 2021 was a absolute unmitigated disaster. Mm. They beat Oregon, beat USC. Haven't been to a bowl game <laughs> since 2018. Yeah. Um, no, I, yes, I think there's real concerns. It is a little baffling at the recruiting, but, but this isn't the first time we've seen this where the recruiting ranking is fairly high. The retention of talent isn't, um, the transfers out of the program significant. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the portal this time. But it's still like to go to Stanford and play football, you would never, you know, if you know, you know, a smart player, that's a good football player. And he's like, Hey, I got into Stanford. I'm going to go to Stanford. Like, bravo, do it all the time. And, and we're seeing players do that. But the fact that they're not always sticking around uh, and the fact that the results have been pretty poor. Yeah. I think there's some things with David Shaw that if you wanted to keep them, maybe shake up the coordinators and, that's not something he does. And so it's not even just you're not getting rid of him. It's you're not making any changes. And, you know, we've seen, you know, Brian Kelly have success, turn to crap, go four and eight, and then get rid of the whole staff and then go back to the playoff and have success again. You can do that kind of stuff. Um, but it's like double and tripling down on these are our guys, you know, Dorita Pritchard, he's going to be here forever. It's like, okay, um, well, you guys stink. So, like, you're bad at everything right now. Why don't you make some changes? The only change that was made, like you mentioned, was the strength and conditioning coach. And that seems to have hurt rather than help. So, yeah, I, I think there's some real concerns here, David. But I, I don't see them making a change. And I don't see Stanford being really good at football next year. I, I don't know if I <laughs> I don't think I'm going to predict that they're going to go three and eight again or three and nine again. Um Wait, why not? Hang on. Let's look at Stanford's schedule next year. Yeah. But. All right. So they take on Colgate. So that's a win. Yeah. Then it's USC. Not Crest. Then at Washington. Then at Oregon. Oregon State. All right. They've got BYU and Notre Dame. A couple losses. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't good. Like, they don't get Arizona, it's ASU instead. They don't get Colorado, it's Utah instead. Mm. They play one, two, three, four, five, six road games. Mm. Yeah, they're going four and eight again. What are you talking about? Well, not again. They were three and nine this year, so. Okay, well, they got Colgate on the schedule, so they're going four and eight. <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course, it's it's going to be another bad, awful season. Okay, I just... 
I'm not. I'm going to be reluctant to say like their butt next year. They might be a little bit better. Like they could go five and seven, or who knows, maybe even six and six. But I don't think it's going to be significantly. They're better. They're going to be big poo. They're going to be real big poo. <laughs> it's going to be like that uh, that scene in Jurassic Park where oh. they walk up to the sick dinosaur and Jeff they say, Goldblum "Wow, that's a, in there. that is a that is a big pile of shit." <laughs> that's what they're going to say about Stanford. See, I I felt like I had to endure a lot. My early prediction for Stanford this year, um, especially, you know, they beat the crap out of USC, then they beat Oregon. And, you know, I I was, you know, justified in the end, but I would rather uh, not have to go through that during the season. And, like, I don't want to be rooting against Stanford and proving that I thought that they were butt and they end up being butt. But honestly, rooting against Stanford is the second most fun thing to do in this <laughs> conference after rooting against USC. <laughs> True. Who roots for Stanford? That's There's, like rooting for, I don't know, Goldman Sachs. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go like, IBM. You know, I'm somebody. I'm rooting I'm rooting for the Dow. Like I just <laughs> I, I, I'm not even invested. I just want it to go up. Like, no. Screw Stanford. Sorry, Zodiac Killer. Uh yeah. He did that was a great voicemail. We should do a you know, you do like a census. Yes. You know, in the in the United States every 10 years or so. Can we do a Stanford fan st- census? Uh, of, of how many there are? Yeah, of the listeners. Okay. Or just on the, in the world. All right. If you are a Stanford fan, please just send us a very brief email. Very yeah. brief. Like just it can be one word like I am a Stanford fan or whatever it is. But just let us know if you're out there and listen. Tactualpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. We want to hear from you. That would be amazeballs. Yes. All right. Well, hey, we knocked out the show. We sure did. I won't say it's our best to... work. I won't uh, say. Is there anything else you want to uh, discuss? No. No, I'm, Ryan. I'm far too I, hungover to continue discussing anything. Very, very good of you. Um, real real quick, and I'm not, uh, people know I'm not a big college basketball uh, person, but there's there seems to be some serious concerns about this uh, college basketball season. Like college football sort of is like, getting it hit at the tail end, but you know, hitting conference play in college basketball is not, uh, is, is not good. All the, the USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona state games were all wiped out. Stanford's got some problems now. Like it's, uh, what, what's your, what's your overall prediction for the college basketball season? Uh, it's not good unless they do one of two things, either pause stuff for a few weeks or change all of their protocols to allow for people to get sick. Um, it's one or the other. Not get sick, test positive. Well, both, whatever. Um, yeah. like if you're symptomatic, I get it. But if there's like, if most of the people are like asymptomatic, but you just have this positive test. A lot of the stuff where they say they're asymptomatic is bullshit. Um, from my so? own yeah. my own personal knowledge of some of these situations, which have been reported asymptomatic, but are actually not um, in the athletic sphere. I, I can't speak to anything else. Um, it, when they're saying like asymptomatic, they're like, oh, I just had a cold. Well, no, that's a symptom, dummy. Like, yeah, you, you're, you're not like, you know, debilitated and on a ventilator, but you have a symptom. That's a symptom. If you have a runny nose, that's a symptom. If you've got a sore throat, that's a symptom. Uh, but th- whatever. It's all semantics. It doesn't really matter. What I, my point is, you've got to either change the policies because, uh, you know, whatever. It's important to play basketball, I guess. Um, or just pause this thing for like probably three weeks until this wave starts going down again. Uh, Cause that'll happen like it always does. Um, but I think uh, showing a little bit more flexibility than they're doing right now um, 
again, instead of just canceling these one off, because there have been a shitload of cancellations, like just throughout, I think Christmas Eve, there was no sporting event on of any kind for the first time in a long time, something like that. Um, was that the Hawaii Bowl? I remember the Hawaii was- Bowl, but there were also a few basketball games. I think they were supposed to be on that date. Um, but, the, you know, this stuff's just getting canceled left and right. Um, and that, you know, if you want to have a productive basketball season, that can't continue. So, you know, I, I've I made, I made my feelings on the COVID stuff pretty clear last year that uh, we were all very stupid and we probably could have uh, done a much better job of, uh, you know, preventing uh, widespread, uh, you know, making this completely endemic. That cat is completely out of the bag now. And so now we do actually have to learn how to live with it. Um, and at this point. I don't know. I don't know if you deploy the same strategies you used last year or if you just pause the thing for a few weeks. Um, I think, again, if you just let it if you just let it go. Um, I don't know. Will it be any real worse than it would have been otherwise? I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't think anyone is being as serious about their protocols anymore anyway. So, uh, you know, uh, we're going to continue to uh, probably kill more people than we have to. But, you know, such is life. All right. That's our basketball minute here on the podcast. <laughs> or pandemic minute or whatever it is. But yeah. I, I, um, yeah. I, I, so here's the thing with the COVID stuff is like I just stopped paying attention to it. I, I just let it kind of drift into the background for me because it's just so if you sit there and examine it for even like, I don't know, 10 minutes, it's just like this is so stupid. Like <laughs> everything we've done is so dumb. Uh, just from the very beginning and now it's just like in this permanent phase of like yeah it's super cool if you let it run rampant in all these places that don't have vaccines there's going to be all these new variants all the time because they're just going and going and going and people are getting sick and dying because we don't share it's very cool yeah very normal very cool all right well that's a positive note we can end the uh podcast on merry Uh, christmas everyone Merry Christmas. Hope you guys had a wonderful holiday, whatever you're celebrating, friends, family. Um, it's been great to get away. But it's it snowed here, David, which is nice. We had a little white Christmas. But I guess L.A. is pretty crappy weather, too. So it's not like I'm missing much. It's Sometimes it, I come here and it's like 80 degrees in L.A. I'm like, ugh, that's a bummer. It's been a, it's been a downpour, uh, pretty consistent. I went to Disneyland in a downpour, Ryan. Ooh, that's, that is no fun. Well, you probably didn't have little kids that chase after anything right that no, was, no no i only i only brought my two two of my nephews and a young cousin <laughs> so five little kids in a, a raining yeah but I, I certainly didn't stay a, an insane amount of time right like where did you go i, I stayed 12 hours <laughs> we, we were there from eight to eight i feel like if you're not torturing yourself you're not doing it but right. obviously like, we, we packed an umbrella <laughs> No? no, no, we didn't do that either. <laughs> but awesome. but clearly, I would have waterproofed the things in my backpack so like there were dry changes of clothes for everyone after a little while. <laughs> no, 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 that didn't happen either. My my backpack was soaked through. Perfect. Um, were there still long lines? Um, no, it actually was pretty good. Okay, uh, there's one good thing. Yeah, we got on a lot. Uh, it was like the first time since I was a little kid that you could kind of do Thunder Mountain. Where you get off the ride, run back into line, and you're back on the ride in like five minutes. Um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty sweet. Oh, well, there you go. See, there, there's silver linings. Yeah, in a dark, you know, blueless sky. Yes. 
you do have to find whatever the worst part is. It's like you were at Disneyland and you didn't have lines. Like you could leave with that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, with your kids. It was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. Or ponchos. Good. It was great. Hopefully uh, you're a little drier now. Oh, yeah, they probably sold you like uh, Mickey Mouse ponchos. No, like no, I, that was $40 the, each the minimal preparation I did was getting ponchos beforehand. Okay, there you go. So yeah. you'd have to buy like a $45 poncho that was... <laughs> yes, exactly. With little ears on the top. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay, well, we'll wrap things up here. Uh, hopefully we'll get back somewhat normal schedule, whatever's normal for us uh, going forward. But uh, next one, we'll, we'll recap all of the bowl games, and I'm sure there'll be transfer portal news and all that kind of stuff to get to. Um, but that's going to wrap things up. I am Ryan Abraham. That is David Woods. Hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.